Hey, welcome to the All 49ers show. Going back to back this morning, Grant Cohn, Jose Sanchez. Title of the show is The Real Reason the Niners Drafted Trey Lance. I think it's interesting. They fell out of love with Trey Lance so freaking quick. It To me, it makes me wonder, like, what did you see in him in the first place? Like, how did, what drew you to him? And how could it have been so flimsy that you could be, you know, drawn to someone else so quickly? So, um, I have a theory. Do you, I, I, I could go first. I'd like to hear your theories as well. My theory is that I don't even, I don't think the Niners ever were truly in love with Trey. I feel like if you go back in time and remember the context, Jimmy was hurt in 2020. He missed a lot of time. And it almost felt like he shut himself down at the end of the season with a high ankle sprain. And I think Kyle was upset about it. I can't prove it. But I think trading up to number three was more about taking the team away from Jimmy and taking the title of franchise quarterback away from him um, than being in love with any one quarterback. I think he could have taken Mac Jones. He could have taken Trey Lance. It was more about moving on from Jimmy, which ended up taking the Niners years to do. But I think Kyle felt like handcuffed to him. And I don't think he wanted, and I think the fact that Jimmy wouldn't always play bothered him like it bothers Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett. That's my theory. Yeah, because when did they tra- make that trade? Like in a, in a February, right? Or early March, they made that trade. Um, and that's pretty much right before everything started. Was that before the combine? Or was it pre or post combine, actually? That, that trade was there was no off. combine. There was no that's combine. Right. Remember? It was the pandemic. Yeah. Duh. Yes. It was a bad um, year to draft a quarterback. It really is because that whole class yeah. looks terrible aside from Trevor Lawrence. But um, yeah. yeah, I think I like that theory because, you know, when they went up, it was like pretty much like, oh, we had an idea on one and we just wanted to trade up to get more ideas on other ones. Kind of like what yep. the Panthers are doing right now. Like get trading up. Yep. Much, oh, we don't know who we're getting. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? You're just spending all this. You just you, you just don't getting? want Sam Darnold, right? You just don't want Sam Darnold. So yeah. you moved up. <laughs> you got rid of Sam. Yeah. That's the, that's a hell of a way to run your business, but I mean, I mean, we'll see if it works out because so far all these trade ups have not been working out. Forty Nine so far is trending; it's trending that way, and teams in the past have not worked out. Um, I really just think like Kyle was really cocky and thinking that this guy can be ready after just some gameplay, or he really thought that we could just sit him a year. He really thought he could copy and paste the Chiefs game plan, and that's what was resonating with the fans. It's like. Are you are you like like I'm already getting told like are, are you stupid like they're trying to copy Alex Smith and uh Trey Lance which I used to always go up to fellow Chiefs to fellow Chiefs writers and be like do you see this the same way and they all thought that it was completely nowhere near close so I think it really was the arrogance and Kyle thinking like we could just sit him for a year and somehow he'll figure out somehow he'll magically figure out but it's like how if you're gonna sit him for a year you gotta somehow develop him on the side but instead again. You were using him a scout team and didn't really kickstart anything. I think it's pretty clear, too, that Kyle Shanahan felt both Mac Jones and Trey Lance would succeed on the 49ers, that they were both good and it didn't really matter who he picked. And I think when the Niners get to number three and they pick those guys like really high in the draft, they weigh like the kind of guy you are, like how you talk, how you present yourself big time, big time. And Trey Lance presents himself like he's 30. He's very mature. Um, also his dad played for the 49ers for two weeks in training camp in 1994. Mike Shanahan was on that. So there's a connection. He's very mature, very well rate. Mac Jones doesn't really come across as super mature when he talks. He doesn't come across as super articulate, like every single person on the 49ers. Doesn't you ever notice that every single player on the 49ers is very smart, very articulate and can talk about football in depth. 
when they want to. They got every single player. Guys, Grant, real every single guys. player. So, I mean, I think that's a big reason why they got Trey is the kind of guy he is. I mean, there's a big difference between him and Mac in terms of maturity. Um, yeah. But I think Kyle felt like, I mean, they'll both be good. My team's so good. Look at Jimmy. He's trash. I prop him up. It'll be easy. And I don't think he really understood the type of project he was getting in, in Trey. And I don't think he was the right coach for Trey in retrospect. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, the dude pretty much was like trying to make like some type of baked good. And it was like, oh, I just got to put it in the oven for 10 minutes. I'll be fine. And it's like, wait, it's still raw. I got to an hour, <laughs> two hours. What? What? I have two hours? I'm hungry now. <laughs> the dude pretty much like kind of Gordon Ramsay's himself of a bacon or just of a quarterback development. Just like, all right, this is this is kind of this kind of was not what I expecting. We kind of messed up here. Think about their first round picks like Solomon Thomas. Super well-spoken, super articulate, very mature. Um, Stanford, Nick Bosa grew up around football, can talk, can talk like about football like a coach. Um, Mike McGlinchey got that CEO mentality. You know what I mean? Talks like he's the general manager of the team. I mean, over and over and over again. Trey Lance. So, I, and it, compare that to the kind of teams Jim Harbaugh had in, the, in ten, uh, ten years ago. Those guys weren't necessarily the most talkative players. I mean, it was different, right? A little different, a little different, a little more, a little more like vulgarity to that because it was more yeah. acceptable too. So I think these guys, but like it, it does matter, especially when you're going for a high draft pick, and especially in the first round, like you want high character guys that needs to be a box that's always checked. It's why what that's why right. Jalen Carter's falling down, right? It's like right. no one's doubting his ability. It's like. What kind of guy is he? Like you know, right. like, so and that matters. If you're gonna draft top five, top ten, that 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 needs to be checked. You can't roll the dice and be like, oh, I can sacrifice that. Then all of a sudden, you get Alden Smith 2.0 for some. Alden you, Smith. You know. That's right. You got to remember that's where the Niners came from back in the day. They really didn't take as much uh, heed. They didn't really care about this as much. I don't know what you want to say, but ever since John Lynch came here, it's been a, I think a priority for the Yorks. Like you have to. We want to win with class, so you don't have. A bunch of arrests. Charles Menahue got arrested. They didn't talk about it. Now he's gone. Um, it's just not. I feel like the team has a personality. Trey Lance fits into it at least publicly. The way he talks in press conferences is exactly the the way they want their players talking. I think um, Ruben Foster scared him away too after that first year because remember yes. he did have he what would he he got an argument or a fight with the doctor or something like that the Calmine or something like some some that's some right. of drama that happened that's never been heard of before. That's right. Um, they sent so him I, home. Yes, they sent. That's right. Yeah, so it's like they sent him home. That's a red flag. <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. you come from Bama, you're a great player, but but, they, but the thing about Ruben Foster is he's very charming. I don't know why he flipped that time. Clearly, he has flipped a few times. Um, maybe he's got some trauma in his life, whatever. But uh, he's very charming, and most of the time you hang around with him, he's just wonderful. He smiles, he engages, looks you in the eye, says your name. He's funny. So he, I mean, maybe he is a good guy, but the Niners banked on him being basically misunderstood and not self destructive. But I think they're wrong. Yeah, now the Niners are going just like, even if there's just a sliver of just like, we're not sure or anything like that. No, that's why you get the Trey Lance guys. No matter what, even the way he handled it on Super Bowl week and post after that about like Brock Purdy's team. What do you think? Like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, Brock's the lead. I got I got five four. Like, it's like, that's the kind of guy they want. It's like, wow, this guy was crowned the starter last year and he's not crying. He's not, you know, you know he's not complaining. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to get out there and put the work in and try to beat him and try to take it back. So it's like, all right, cool. That's exactly what you want to hear. You don't want to hear someone moping around. You want to hear like, I got to go back out there and get it. Also, I think there's a little bit of, if we're being honest, there's a little bit of um, PTSD or a little uh, 
whatever you want to call it, overcorrection from the Kaepernick era. Like Kaepernick didn't really like to talk to the press. He was a little surly. He didn't even like to talk to a lot of his teammates. Would walk around the facility with the Beats headphones on. Um, became very political. I think I think the team appreciated Jimmy for just being silent and being bland. And with Trey, I think people the, the organization appreciates it, him for being so eager to learn and so eager to please, eager to please I, th- those kind of things. And maybe maybe those won't necessarily make him be a great quarterback. But I think it's these are all personality traits the Niners are drawn to given their experiences the last 10 years, especially through the hardball years. I really think Jed York and the Yorks found that uh, to be a tough time for them. Yeah. Last Even though they're winning because they yeah. weren't winning with class. They were winning with winning like a team that at all. Yeah. That's the thing you want to hear about is like sometimes like, oh, your players just went AWAR, did something. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden again, <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. Um, so Trey Lance, he's in Dallas. He's at TCU. He's working hard. He's doing everything he can to tur- not turn his career around, but get it, get it kickstarted. But the th- there's a difference between working hard and working smart, working on the right things. And if you were his agent or coach or his consultant, and he said, Jose, I hear you've got like a 20 to 1 TD to INT ratio in your 7-on-7 seven seven league right now. What would you recommend <laughs> I work on right now? What would you say? Uh, I'd say right now, well, especially from seeing him is like pretty much, well, I would really want his processing to be better, but I don't know how much he's going to be able to do right now until the camp comes. So it's pretty much just working on all like on his touch and everything. Because so many times everything was overthrown and over the head, right? Which is, which is, you want play, you rather have the passes overthrown than underthrown. It makes more for an interceptable ball. But ultimately, it's just like, dude, we need to get your touch there. Because if there's one thing that's yeah. that's your tool that you're supposed to be good at, it's throwing deep. It's throwing 10, 15, 25 mm-hmm. yards deep. And if you can't hit that like with enough consistency, because look, he, he's going to miss, right? But if you can't hit that with enough consistency, it's like, okay, there's a decent percentage there, right? Because even with three-point shooters, three, a good three-point shooter is considered 33, 35%, 30, whatever around that range. 36, if something like that. Get, yeah. If we could just get something like that, then like, dude, we're, we're looking at you like the golden child almost. So we need to work on that because I think it's pretty much any, anything. That's the first step, but anything almost as a thrower because don't work on as a runner because I don't know how much he's – he doesn't have that twitch, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you need something to compensate for what is not there, and that's your ability with the ball in your hand. So I would say just keep working on that touch. That's supposed to be, you know, your bread and butter. You can, you can, you can air it out. You can launch that baby deep almost the whole length of the field. But if you don't have the accuracy, you know what good does it make. Yeah, I, what I would say is I think he he throws too hard. Like I, I know it's why he got drafted. I mean, he ripped it in his pro day, and people were impressed. But to me, like he's a big, strong kid, 6'4", 230 with a cannon. And but he, it's all arm. He his he doesn't really use his legs. In fact, I think his legs are kind of in the way a lot of the time. And if he could just learn to let his legs do the work, his arm he wouldn't get arm fatigue. You know, his he would be so much better he could throw just as hard without trying as hard he's got a very effortful violent delivery that's all arm if he could just learn to sync up his lower body and get his legs to do the work for him he'd have such a more successful career he would have a long career he wouldn't have arm fatigue and arm fatigue is going to eventually lead to something more serious in his elbow or his shoulder so i think this is really important for he, he he tries to throw it too hard one of the things i like about mahomes he has a cannon but when you watch him it looks like he's trying to throw it soft most of the time. It looks like he's literally trying to throw a pillow. Like Lance, and now he's seeing Trey Lance in person. He's seeing Patrick Mahomes in person. Like internalize that, man. Throw it softer. 
it's good to ha- have the ability to fit it in in a tight window, but when it's wide open, you should be able to lay it right in there with good mechanics, man. You should be able to do that. And that also comes with like timing, which also would yeah. help if he's like when he plays with a receiver, aka Debo, don't skip out practices against Zier, which he shouldn't, which you know, that it's helped. like yeah. that's why he was together yeah. with Ayuk so well. And then Debo comes in and it's like, yeah, he's not hitting with this guy. It's like, yeah, he, he wasn't able to throw with him. <laughs> he wasn't able to throw with him. But like the timing, timing is really, really important too. It's just like how how fast are you gonna get there? Or do I need to like you know, release my release the ball out sooner or something like that. But yeah, the way people run it and how you with other with other skill position players also matters as part of your synchronization too. So that's the only thing he's gonna have to learn on the fly and just with and know how to you know be able to snap his finger and be like, okay, Ayuk's running this. I already know how I'm gonna do it. All right, Debo's running it. I already know how I'm gonna do it. So all that all that matters. That's the that's the fine small details that the that makes these quarterbacks like so great. It's like I can just adjust to each one of these receivers like that and without without either much of a struggle. When you don't really use your lower body when you throw or when you lock out your left leg too early, what you end up doing is you kind of have this like three-quarter release. And instead of releasing the ball out in front, it's kind of um, out in front of your ear, a little bit closer to your body. And you really, you're kind of pushing the ball at that point. It's, it's, it takes a lot of effort and it can hurt. You can hurt yourself. Really good athletes can do it. Like, do you remember who Tyson Ross is? Tyson Ross. Do you ever heard of Tyson Ross? He went to high school with me. He was a pitcher in the major leagues for about 10 years. He was an all-star for the Padres in 2014. Um, anyway, Tyson is 6'5". He's 245. He's like Trey in that all arm. He had a low three-quarter release. Kind of didn't get full extension in his release. He still threw 96. He was just a great athlete. But he eventually blew his shoulder out, and he doesn't pitch anymore. He's 36 now. But he, you know, that's what could happen to Trey in the future when he's 27, 28 if he keeps doing this. And I know he can do it. He's been doing it his whole life because he's so gifted. But if you just make this tweak, it just it, you'll make everything easier for you. Um, and look at other throwers who've had this issue, man. It's it, it can lead to serious problems. That's all I'm saying. And I think he knows it. I think he's trying to fix it. It's just not easy. It's really not easy to change your throwing motion at 22 or ever. That's why you gotta it's really hard. focus on that. And again, that, that's why it goes back to like the first topic. It's like, dude, if you just guys had just worked on him legitimately in practice his first year, instead of having him go scout team, because you're doing scout team, you're not working on your technique. You're not you're not working on yourself at all. You're just no. pretty much at that point ingratiating emulating and just yeah, trying to emu- give yourself yeah. someone else's look. It's just it, it, we're wondering why everything looks the same from his year one to year two. It's like, well. <laughs> Whose fault is that? That's the 49ers. They aren't, they, they were not helping him. Like, that's a fact. That's a fact. 2.0 says Jimmy Garoppolo and Darnold both have quick releases, accurate over the middle, not great at processing. Darnold more athletic, better arm. Jimmy better leader. But overall, very, very similar. Telling you, get ready for Sam. I don't know how similar they are, but um, I see what you mean. And I, I, I have been getting ready for Sam. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is getting us ready for Sam. Scott Hill says, uh, with, will all the fan base get on the Trey bandwagon when he starts to dominate in games? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It's a very split fan no. base. It'll be a good portion that, that swings over. If he wins week one, 30 to 20, a certain portion of the fan base will say, Brock would have put up 35. Well, I was envisioning like, if he goes like on like for six games straights and they're four and two and like, and he's playing well. Like at that point, that's when it's like, all right, now the swing has to start. Like you guys have to jump over now. Yeah. All right. Lance is coming back. He hasn't gotten traded yet. If <laughs> they don't trade him during the if they don't trade him during the draft and they want to showcase him in preseason, or they actually want him to start, 
will they call fewer design runs for him this year given that he broke his leg running between the tackles last year on a design run? His, his ankle went like the other way a little bit. I think. Bad way. Um, Wrong way. Uh, they should, but I don't think they will. They should, but I don't think they will. I just, I, because I, first of all, for for Kyle Shannon, because this is essentially what it is, right? For Kyle Shannon to call fewer, just not, I'm not saying elimination, just fewer design runs. For him to do that would probably mean he's admitting I did mess up with running straight mm-hmm. into the ground last year. And you know what he didn't do last year? Admit that I wish I had that playback or it was my fault. Because, of course, he's not going to say my fault. But you couldn't have said, like, I wish I had the playback so my player wouldn't have gotten injured. There was zero acknowledgement. It's just like the kid was playing a hell of a game, da 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 you know, all that stuff. I saw more, more remorse when Jimmy got hurt than, than, he, than he did with Trey Lance. So I don't. So I think that would be first admittance. Second of all, it's like I think he really doesn't want to leave that ability off Lance because it's like if I can't do that with Lance, what's the point of me having him out there? Like I think that's what he that's what he feels like ultimately. Even even if he does become a little bit more polished of a of a passer that you can trust more, I don't think he's gonna be like it makes no sense because if I run him the same amount. Then not only is that going to make my running game better with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel all of a sudden is going to be a better running back this year than he was last year. Because essentially, like, remember, again, we always saw the stats from the first two games with Debo versus, like, the, the next four to five. And it was like, dude, his yards per carry are just mm-hmm. whopping down. And it's like, wow, Trey is a, a fat difference maker in this case. So I think that's ultimately what he's going to dumb down to. And I think Kyle's going to be like, nah, I just, I just can't do it. He, sh- he should ease it up because he's a very awkward, inefficient runner. He's a scrambler. He's someone that's just like uses legs yeah. to buy time and then take off if you need to. But other than that, like, no, just again, just a little less, N- not removed because you still need to keep defense on. It's just, just, just a little bit, a little, little like 20%, 25, half. I think he's going to call less. I think um, if he does play and Brock isn't healthy, it'd be crazy to go out there and run him a lot given yeah, how you just got him injured. I mean, if you do it again, no one's going to defend you if he gets hurt again. And I think it wasn't that effective in the first place. It, he's just more effective handing off. Use him as a decoy. And if you finally use him as a runner, do it when people least expect it, like mm-hmm. fourth quarter or week two or w- when everyone's kind of feel like, oh, you're not going to run him anymore because you're afraid because he got hurt. Then that's when you run him. Not, you know, three times in the first quarter like you did last year. Treat it like a boxer, an MMA fighter. Like, it's like, dude, just keep hitting him with the jab, jab. It's like, oh, the, the haymaker's not bang. It's like, boom. Like, like, just exactly. like that. <laughs> and the jab is the handoff. And what I didn't like about the Niners last year was when he was, it felt like the jab was him running up the middle. Like, no, 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 no. The jab is the handoff, man. It's working. Why are we pressing the issue with Trey right now? Yeah, that's, I felt a little like kind of forced in the concept. It's, it's the same manner in that, that me and you were both mad at for that, for that play with Trey and that Kyle called is the same way that I think me and you were on the same page too. It's like, we got mad at Kyle calling Debo Samuel on that second or third down run in the Bucks game when they're up by three scores. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like with the pushback, yeah. it's like, dude, it's, it's not even halftime yet. And it's like, yeah, but you're up three scores. You're not going to run the try hard play, the highly effective, efficient running play that Vigasher, one of your best players that you need in a game where you, it doesn't, you don't need it. You're up three right. scores. I get it. If it's like within us, within 10 or something like that. But like, like all these situations down in distances, everything that's on the score with time left, all of these little things matter in terms of what you're going to play on these high risk, high reward plays for these guys. And then both of those instances, it just wasn't worth it. Remember last year, they put themselves in this weird position where, like you said, they didn't develop Trey Lance year one. Then in year two, they just made him the starting quarterback, and they felt probably privately he wasn't ready for it because they didn't develop him year one. So they ins- they they changed their offense, and they ins- installed this Trey Lance offense that was a lot of him running the ball. Now, 
He got hurt. Brock stepped up. It's Brock's team. They're not going to be installing a Trey Lance offense. If he's even on this team in training camp, he's going to be competing with Sam Darnold in the Brock Purdy structure of the offense, which probably means far fewer zone reads. I mean, you'll have shotgun handoffs, which is great, but far few, which is far fewer zone reads, which is a good thing for Trey Lance. We might actually see him get to play quarterback in the Niners system, which could be the best thing that ever happened to him. Because he's not Justin Fields. He's not Justin Fields. No, he's not. He's not. He's, he's not, not a good runner of the football at all. I never, I never got that. And I think even, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I know personally when I was always talking about Raven about his like his legs and his mobility, it wasn't because like, oh, just give him the ball and he's gonna take it off and run it like Lamar. It's like, what? No, like, no, he's not no Jalen Hurts. He's no, he's probably of all like actual mobile quarterbacks who can technically run it as a design runner, he's probably the worst one. He's probably the worst running quarterback in the league. Which, in that case, don't run him because he's awkward. He has no feel. He doesn't have that twitch. You're not going to really get too much from him. I get if you want to run a couple, keep him honest, and maybe he might get you a nice five, eight-yard gainer. But, like, again, like you said, like, situational ta- situational play calling matters. Yeah. I just feel like he's fast enough if you're not super predictable yes. with your play calling. right? I mean, like, the Niners issue is like, oh, here it comes again, and everyone knows it, and all eyes were on him. If you're, if you're less predictable, like, dude – Dude, Sam Darnold can run the zone read if you're if you're uh, you know if you spring it on people and surprise them. Trey could do it. It's just you you gave it you, you made it a steady diet. You made it like the basis of your offense, man. You're asking your quarterback to get hurt if you do that. It's not college. It's a it's a it's an element you sprinkle on top. It's it's the icing. It's not the freaking cake. It was the yeah. cake last year. It's not the it's not the engines of the car, dude. It's just right. Leave, leave it as a part as and it helps enhance all the other parts. But like, yeah, because frankly, the zone read isn't a big play in the NFL. Like, what do you get from this? You you might get five yards one way or the other, but it's not a big chunk play. Like, it's it's best to me at the goal line. It's a short yardage play. It's a great short yardage play because the defense kind of chooses wrong, and you end up getting four or five yards one way or another. But you're not doing it seven times, eight, twenty times a game. Maybe it's not your offense. It's not. It's not freaking college. And you know what? After this past season, the only quarterbacks who really run it like that and in that sense of actually running like a driving force are the Ravens and the Eagles. Not even the Cardinals did that with Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is a significantly better runner than uh, than uh, Trey Lance. So it's like yeah. all those comparisons. It's like, well, he can run it, so why not? It's like, no. Look at the teams last year who actually did it that way. One of them got hurt. Actually, they both got hurt on the same play. Hurt. I'm running, I'm running hurt. it. But one just yeah. thankfully it was just a shoulder and he came back within yeah. weeks. And But uh, it actually did plague him a little bit into those playoffs games. Yeah, you saw that throw he made at the end, the Hail Mary at the end of the Super Bowl. It was pathetic. That was a shoulder. Yeah. I mean, even the Niners game, his touch was off all game. I mean, it's not like he it was pressure like that. It's like, dude, he looked a little hurt. He did. He he was. Just 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 stop with the running plays, man. It's just it's just unnecessary. And another element to think about it from the final point is how does Trey Lance psyche going to be when he gets handoffs on those now? Like, aren't you worried about that? Like, if you thought he was a bad runner, or I thought if you think he's an inefficient runner like I think he is, what do you think it's going to be now? That indecisive. He's like- he was indecisive too. I mean, it wasn't just that he was slow because he's I, he, to me he looks like a mid four six runner, which is probably pretty fast for a quarterback, especially his size. But he's indecisive. He does a lot of like stopping and starting and hesitating. It's like, dude, that's not going to get you to the edge in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no. Yeah. Um, also, Dak Prescott coming back. It was a different injury, but he looks slow as hell now and super indecisive. Oh, yeah. He's way slower. Yeah. Trey Lance, James Wiseman, Joey Bart, all busts. Joey Bart, James Wiseman. 
Man. See, Joey Bart probably has played a few games. Like James Wiseman's played dozens of games in the NFL. Trey Lance has played four. I still think his sample size is outrageously small. I feel like busts are such an extremist. I feel like busts. It's like not only did you mess up the pick, but that player sucked. Like yeah. just James James Wise. They mess up the pick. I like to classify them more as like whiffs. It's like no, you messed yeah. it up. Like that was a whiff. Like does James Wiseman yeah. necessarily suck? Probably not. But too no, early to say. Over say yeah. he's not a bust. Overreach. More of a whiff than a bust. And the same thing with Bart. It's like, you know, when they're in the Giants system and all that stuff like that, they, they're kind of all buns now with Farhan and everything. So there's a lot, there's a lot of these things. There's more whiffs than busts. Busts feel so extremist. Okay, so there's three potential starting quarterbacks for the 49ers. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Let's go through each one and the pros and cons of that guy starting. Starting with Brock. What would the pros and cons be of Brock Purdy starting week one? Uh, well, I guess the pro would be you, you would expect to pick up where you left off, right? And which was an electric offense, an explosive passing attack, everything as someone who's in there and just like everything, the ball's rolling, it's clicking. And you maybe, hopefully, could find your first ever time in the season where you don't start off slow <laughs> like the Niners always do, which actually I don't think they, no, they did start off slow last year. It was two years ago where, where they kind of did okay, I guess. But yeah, I think you might find yourself in that way and everything's all good. And pretty much pick off where you left off. It's great, it's good. And then maybe you get with Brock continuing to develop and ascend as the as the day goes by, as the weeks go by. And now you're looking great. And you might have found your guy. So boom, you guys are looking fantastic. The con part is he's starting week one. It's gonna be that creep in your mind, like his elbow. How is he gonna hold up? Mm-hmm. What happens if he gets hit? I don't even think it's so much about him throwing. It's like, what happens if he gets hit? What happens if he lands on it weird? Which is gonna be the more likely thing that's gonna happen. It's not like He's going to hit his hand, like, you know, bent backwards again. It's what if he gets drilled and literally it's tomb-style pile-driven into the ground uh, this time and it lands on it. So that's a huge part about, like, you run the risk of, like, great, you just put him back out there, he's hurt, and now he's out for a long time, if not the season. So I think that'd be what you're looking at here, and it's it's a very frightening thing to consider. Yeah, it seems to me if he you bring him back too soon and he's diminished and doesn't play as well, um, or he gets injured again, like you run the risk of just ruining him, flat out ruining him very early in his career. And that's another young quarterback Kyle Shanahan potentially could ruin early. Like RG3 was the famous one. Now there's Trey Lance and there's Brock. And you don't want to make it a trifecta. So I think there's a high risk of bringing Brock back right away. I know the Niners are excited about him and they feel that their offense can function at a very high level with him. And it it did. It absolutely did. But... um. They don't know that it will in the future if this guy has no offseason coming back from this surgery. We, we, we don't know. So they better be careful. At that point, that'd be like no debate and like Kyle ruins quarterbacks or gets them hurt and just, you know, derails them at that point, right? It'd be no debate. Yeah. And also it's like, no I think another kind of actually, now you, just, now you just said that, is like he's coming off just recovering and not really developing. It's like, yeah, that, you know what? The con is, what if he's not as good as he was last year and they pick things up? Because instead of him using the offseason to strengthen his strengths and let le- lessen his weaknesses teams are going to probably figure him out quicker and sooner he's not going to probably look the same in those six seven eight games that he played last year and he's probably going to be figured out sooner than rather than later it's going to all of a sudden like well, what's the pretty magic and it's like well you know what he's still the same guy he wasn't able to work on himself last year so i mean excuse me in the off season because you know he kind of was recovering from a, from a torn shredded ruptured elbow so i think at this point it's going to be like he's probably going to be a predictable person for defenses to play against. And now it's like, well, you know what he is? He didn't do nothing different. It's the same guy. All we're going to do is this, this, and that. And from there on out, it puts more pressure again on Kyle Shanahan and his playmakers to really get something going and open for him. 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, official being and Music 88 says Kings and Six flick the bean or whatever their thing is. It's not going to be Kings and Six. I just don't think it's going to happen. But Warriors and Seven. I think the Warriors are going to go back to the finals this year. Like, I think people put too much emphasis on like what happened in the regular season. Like, it doesn't matter. It's over. Now it's the playoffs. It's a different sport now. Like the Kings have never played the sport before. I just wonder for those Warriors. It's like, can can these guys actually snap it? Can they really snap into it? The Roy- all of a sudden, like well, it we'll feels like there's a lot of arrogance game. on their side. It's gonna probably well, cost. They got four, they got four championships, unlike the Niners. Yeah. They have like justification for their arrogance. Vincent says, "Grant, you critique Christ throwing motion uh, and accuracy that leads to arm fatigue injury, but you don't want him to run and pocket throw like Jimmy Garoppolo in 13." But you don't want him to run and pocket throw. I don't understand. So I think that basically says you don't want him to be a quarterback. <laughs> That's what I mean. Wait, you don't want him to run and throw in the pocket. So basically, don't be a quarterback. I don't get it. I I want him to be great. I want to help him with his mechanics, and I want him to use his legs, and I just want to help Kyle use him too. I don't know what you're talking Wait, about. You man. don't want him to run, and you just want him to pocket throw. Like, no, I want him to run. I just want Kyle not to like run him up the middle eight million times a game. Yeah, we're calling design runs like straight into in between the tackles. It's, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty uh, what the hell are we doing here situation. All right, let's get off the quarterback. Uh, give me one player you think will get cut that will surprise people because there's one guy every year, and it, either he's cut or he's traded for nothing. Like last year, it was Trey Sermon. That was a big surprise. Who do you think will be the the, the surprise player who gets cut this year? Mm, man, it's gonna be. Are you? Are we gonna go for someone like a little more prominent or someone surprised? I think it probably. I honestly. You the more prominent, the more surprising. The more prominent, the more surprising. Yeah, it is. Oh, cut, man. How about not cut? But how about traded Elijah Mitchell? Sure. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Tell not me. cut because you kind of. I I think he has some him. value there that you could probably recoup. Maybe like a eh, day two pick is kind of a stretch. I'd say no higher than a third, but that might be a stretch. A fourth round, something like a third or fourth. I don't know something, something that you would get in return, or maybe you throw him in a kicker deal in a Trey Lance that that would that if the Niners are actually going to go in that route. I don't know. I, I think that's something they could do because wh- how are they going to look like? You know, saying goodbye to a second year in a row, a third round pick in TDP. That seems like an easy one, a low hanging fruit. But it's that's like, what I was going to say. That's what you, I was going to say. Ty Davis Price because that? because I mean Mitchell's so much better than Ty Davis Price, he but better, Mitchell's yeah. always <laughs> hurt, always hurt. Yeah. yeah so like, I was actually going to say Ty Davis Price. I feel like he could be this year's Trey Sermon. Like, you got to show something, man. Because think about it. Mitchell's good, unless they don't want him because he's injured, injury prone. McCaffrey's great. Um, Jordan Mason's good. And there's going to be another undrafted free agent that's going to be good, too. So there's, the pressure's on for Ty Davis to show something. They don't really need him anymore now that they have McCaffrey, Debo, Jordan Mason. I mean, I don't think they oh, yeah. need him. Yeah. Did uh Mitchell Mitchell's entering? How, Mitchell has a four year contract, right? Yeah, he's entering year three. So year three. I yeah. mean, they could trade him. They could. They could because then good. people would be like, "Oh, he has cost control. We get him for this year and next year, and then if we want to resign him." But it's like probably like they, you know maybe D'Amico would want him or Sala. You know, one of these former guys. Uh, other guys. How about um, Ambry Thomas? He's got to show something. Though? Maybe not. And then there's Javon Kinlaw. You think I, you think he'll be one of the top fifty three? Yeah, they're gonna have to keep him in the top fifty three. I, I they don't they save are. any money by cutting him. They just have to decide like, is there wanna, someone that we're gonna cut that we don't want to cut to keep Javon Kinlaw? Like, I don't know. 
I think they are. I don't gonna, know. I don't think that's been the Niners' mo to like cut like prominent, you know, top picks like that. They kept Solomon they, Thomas. He's not getting this, but they let him play his contract play out though. Right, but they didn't. They kept him for year four. They didn't cut him after year three. So I think they would keep Kinlaw. Yeah, I think Kinlaw is going to be definitely a, a keep. Um, Embry Thomas. Actually, I have Embry Thomas is like, could they trade him on draft day somehow? Do it like a package. I don't know. Do, do yeah, a, a pick swap in in round seven, ten years from now, they might be able Someone to do might that. Be like, oh, we saw we saw a cornerback. You know, we we need quarterback cornerbacks. We, we saw something in him. Maybe let's just get him in here and let's see if we can work with him. You know, that might be something they could do because they've seen they could play as a starter and he did okay one time at one point in time. Yeah. Not recently. <laughs> Not recently. And the last name would be Lance, you know, if Brock comes back, looks good, Sam looks good, and they get an offer for Lance that they can't refuse, he could be a guy that doesn't get cut but gets traded. So that would be the last one. I, I, I can't think of anyone else. They're not going to trade Brandon Ayuk, will they? No, I don't think so. I'd be If they trade Brandon Ayuk, man, that would probably be like one of the crazier things. Not crazy, but it's like, why, why are you trading him now? Like I, okay, just to piss people off, just okay, just piss people off. It's like, let's just make a trade just to piss people off. That's that's what yeah. we're in the business for. We don't <laughs> have, we don't we don't get banners. We just trade. We just piss people off. Yeah, that's especially our fans, our season ticket holders. Okay, give me one surprise player you think will start for the 49ers this year, like someone that people aren't thinking about at this point. It's got to be – it feels like it's got to like, be – Like the Spencer Burford of this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's got to be someone on the offensive line. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me. I don't have enough like semblance on someone on the offensive line. I know it's going to be someone on the offensive line, but I don't have anyone. I think I'm going to go Sakel. bold. Nick Sakel. Nick Sakel. That's my guess. I think he's, he's going to beat out Colton Kivitz for that right tackle spot. What? Is he – he I does that? Say. I thought he was more of an interior guy. Okay, that's what that's he's again, six, that's what I'm He's 6'6". He's a little bit taller. I oh, think on the interior – he may have some leverage issues at guard. I will see. Yeah, because you're not going to have someone compete with Brendel. You already locked him up for the next two years. Right. I mean, I know it's a four-year contract, but it's actually yeah. two years. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to have a compete And Feliciano's there. the backup at center, so you don't need someone to learn the, the position. But uh, he, he could play, play guard. guard. I think but I mean, Feliciano- these six-foot-six dudes, I feel like you're a little bit more high-cut. I'd rather, I think probably more suited to play tackle, but I don't know. Yeah, so I think I mean plus again like Felicano can play guard too. He plays fine at both positions, stand on guard. So you have someone who could swing both and be that filler gap. And in case they want to do that weird rotation, is Feliciano going to start? Hard. No, I don't think he's going to start. I think I he's, he's going to start either. I think he's just there for like a contingency again for Burford. Um, right tackle, the main backup at left guard, at center, and right guard. I think the main backup, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, yeah. Right tackle, yeah, because obviously it's McKivitz and it's that other guy they say they brought from the Colts or something like that. I, the guy they signed that was, that was Matt someone Pryor, like yeah, but he's got like a, a vet minimum contract Austin for one Bryant year. Like, like I, I don't think he's gonna make the team. Oh yeah, Austin Bryant. I don't know. Austin Bryant's gonna make the team. Cleveland Farrell, I think Cleveland Farrell's gonna start. Oh, I think Drake Jackson will, will be a third down pass rusher, but I, I think right, Cleveland yeah, Farrell's yeah, gonna be yeah, there. No, that makes sense. Cleveland Farrell, one, he does have a strength as a run defender. Run he defender, just can't rush the pass to save his life. He has zero bend right. and speed at all. Right, even right. his power is a little lacking. But for some reason, he just doesn't. He does enough technical things as a run defender. Uh, I think my guy I was gonna go with, and it's more of bold, is Samuel Womack over Isaiah Ooh. Oliver. Even though they oh, signed him, but then again, they didn't spend too much on Oliver, so there's not much of the demand to put him as a starter. I'm just thinking, like, one is, are we sure he's going to be healthy? Because he came back last year, and his first game was against the Niners. So who knows if there's going to be something on that end? It's true. Number two, it's like, what if Womack just 
falls out and Oliver is just not what we thought they were. Like, it's just not what it's, it wouldn't be the first time the Niners signed someone is like, this is not what we thought we were getting or even any team. And then Womack just comes out there. I just wonder if, if the Niners, like if they're so invested on Oliver, if they just say, all right, buy Womack to the nickel, we're just going to put you in the outside. Cause he, they did play him in the outside in relief of Lenore or someone at some point last year. And I was like, what are they doing? Oh no, Ward. I remember Ward went out for a minute and they put him out there for Ward. And that's that guy was like, oh God, another player they're going to put out of position. So, I mean, just keep your players in position. But I think that's some, that's the only thing I, I can feel like I could talk about, like in terms of Womack over Oliver, because he could play the run and they know he has something there with him. Yeah. And then the final spot where the Niners have a question mark at their uh, starting spot at, at, is linebacker. It could be Marcelino McCreary ball. It could be. A rookie. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a rookie as a number three linebacker. I mean, Dre Greenlaw started as that Sam linebacker as a rookie. Yep. They could take another guy in round five. Like they could take the next Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, because I remember when Greenlaw was drafted, there was like a lot of hype around him. And it was about like his speed or something like that. Like it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of hype around this Dre Greenlaw cat. And then all of a sudden he makes his debut, started with Quan Alexander gone. It's like, Jesus, this guy is good. <laughs> Way better than Quan immediately. So fast. It's just the speed. Yeah. The difference was so evident from like day one of the start. It's yeah. like, my God, you need to keep this guy out there. Even if he whiffs, it's like, all right, just keep teaching him control every week. Keep teaching him control because, I mean, the, God forbid, he might not whiff on the next one. He's going to lay his dude out. And he laid so many people out on his rookie year. So, yeah, that's someone they're going to draft, right? The linebacker, at least one. I would he, think so. You need to restock uh, the couple. The cupboard. And then the final surprise player who will start's got to be Sam Darnold. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. AK Alex Smith 2.0. Can't Kyle Shanahan turn him into that, Grant? I, I, I don't know. It seems like he's got to do two things C convince Sam Darnold to stop turning the ball over and just be a game manager and convince Sam Darnold that he's good. And I don't know that he can do that. We'll see. Like Jim Harbaugh did that for Alex Smith, but it's I don't know that Kyle has that personality to be like. I, mean, I feel like McDaniel did it for Tua. He went to Miami, was like, "Hey, man, I know Brian Flores told you you're trash. You're really mm. good. Let's watch this two-hour video of you doing good things." Like, I don't know that Kyle does that for players. I think Sam needs it. Like Sam might be better off going to freaking Miami. I honestly, he he probably should have went to Miami. I don't know if they're interested in him though. Yeah, no, it's probably over. I still wish the Niners would have got Jacoby Brissett after I saw what he got for. I was like, that's it. That's all you got for him. But I digress. I'm more um, excited about Dorian Thompson Robinson if they draft him. Like that's a guy. Of course like, you if, are. If Brock Purdy. Let me to be like if Brock Purdy can have success on the Niners just because he had a lot of experience in college. Like that's another four year starter. Like he's just as physically gifted as Brock Purdy. Like he can check it down to freaking Christian McCaffrey. Too. He's projected day three, right? That guy, DRT. Yeah. yeah. I think. The higher that the Niners draft a quarterback, DTR, which DTR, DR. Sorry, oh, I don't watch you. Like sorry, that. sorry, I only watch USC this year like that. Um, That's true. If they, I was thinking about this once I saw that they got that visit last night, and I was like, okay, they, they, they did not even a visit. They they worked him out, and I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna be. You know, they're gonna try to look at someone that prominent. I mean, is he that prominent, that guy? But whatever. The point is, depending on where they draft a quarterback, it's gonna be very telling where Lance what they what where Lance's like future is really gonna hold out. Like if they draft him like late in like a fifth, sixth, seventh, okay, okay. No, even yeah, fifth, six, seven, or four, but if they go if like a one of their day two picks or even, you know, God forbid, trade up again in the second, third, that's gonna be like, wow, we're 
Where's Lance fit then? I mean, <laughs> you're going you're, depending on where they draft a quarterback is going to be indicative of how they're looking at Lance essentially in this case. I think I think that's when they can try to if they try to keep uh, draft a quarterback, then I think I see Lance being a midseason trade. Right? I mean, if they're if they're actually taking a day out of their busy schedule to work out Dorian Thompson Robinson, like isn't that a waste of time unless you're in the market for a quarterback? You already have three, it, right? <clears throat> at the end, remember he said at the annual meeting he said. Someone mentioned about, oh, yeah, drafting quarterback, adding quarterback. He's like, yeah, fourth quarterback is like probably something we're going to do, but it's like, you know, how much On time are you actually going to allocate it yeah. just for a camp you, body? You, you, you won't get reps in camp. You literally won't get reps in camp. You can warm up. You can ha- you can help the running backs, you know, warm up and hand off. But, like, once it's team drill time, you don't get any th- zero throws. You get zero so- zero throws. So that's a tough one. So at that point, if you're going to go for someone like that who can actually, okay, this is someone we can actually probably work with like him, then – wouldn't you just go for like a sixth or seventh round pick again and just pass someone as the filler until Brock comes and maybe you're lucky you could put him on the practice squad? Because you were drafting. Yeah, I mean, but last year, him, last year they took Brock Purdy with the literally the last pick in the draft and were afraid that they couldn't get him on the practice squad. I, I still to this yeah. day believe that's why he made the 53-man roster, not because no, they yeah, saw true. it. They just were afraid that he wouldn't make it to the practice squad. Well, a thousand percent. It wasn't that yeah. afraid. How much did it really show in the preseason game? I mean, maybe there's something that scouts and coaches could see that's like, okay, yeah. It is a quarterback, you know. He's like he's a pocket quarterback who can move a little bit. But I mean, everyone would have probably just put, that would have been something on on someone's list to add. So yeah, you always want to protect someone. So I, I think essentially, I mean, the 49ers are so headstrong at least three that they have now. Then whoever they're gonna add like the late pick, it's like you know, this, do we care? Like let's just add someone, see what he got or whatever, or not. And then I don't know, but I do think if it if it goes as high as like a fourth. I think that's when it's like, okay, Lance, it's, it's an eyebrow raiser, but especially a third, but like a fourth or a third, I think that's when it's like, hmm, it's interesting. So I would say pay attention to where the Niners draft a quarterback because I didn't really put it too much in my mind about adding in another quarterback. It's like, oh, maybe we'll just add one on the fly or on the sly, and they're just going to look somewhere else to, to reload, but that's the one that's going to be a little bit of a telltale sign. Yeah, I love how people say that they saw it with, with uh, Brock Purdy in preseason. Here were Purdy's numbers in preseason. He looked ugly. 30 of... 30 of 49, that's a 61 completion percentage. 346 yards, that's 7.1 per attempt. One touchdown, one pick, four sacks, and 80 rating. Okay, so like, I mean, I'm not saying he was bad, but, you know, it was a little uneven. Meanwhile, Trey Lance completed 68% of his throws. His yards per attempt was 8.8. He threw one touchdown, no picks, and his quarterback rating was 116. So it's a little bit of revisionist history there that Brock Purdy. I mean, I... I actually felt at the time that if the Niners had cut Brock Purdy, he would have made it to the practice squad. I mean, his preseason wasn't that special. I, Nate Sudfeld's quarterback rating was was better. And we could all see that Brock Purdy was better and more promising than Nate Sudfeld. But I don't think that Purdy did anything in the offseason that had another team being like, oh, man, we got to have that guy on our 53-man roster as our third-string quarterback. If he was that good, they wouldn't have signed Jimmy then. Then it's like, all right, if Trey's bad, we got Brock I mean, every single team passed on him in the draft. He goes in the preseason and puts a, posts an 80 rating, and you're telling me some team is like, you know what, we were totally wrong about Brock Purdy. Let's put him on our team right now. It was never going to happen. The Niners could have put him on their practice squad if they wanted, but they didn't want to risk it. In retrospect, smart, because Nate said that's dumb. Undrafted free agent. There's no way. Dude, in training camp, he looked bad. His, the ball he, he essentially was, was an undrafted free agent. The entire league could have drafted him and said no, and the Niners Basically. were like, okay. We could either sign you as an undrafted free agent or take you right now. I mean, it's the same thing. They'd probably save a little money. If they had waited to get him as an undrafted free agent, there would have been a bidding war. 
he would go to the highest bidder. He actually might have made more money as an undrafted free agent than as un, than as Mr. Irrelevant. Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. I think it, the, it was the Niners saving money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, do we want him now? It's like, at that point at the, at the draft, right, you're just grabbing whoever the hell. It doesn't matter. And the Niners don't you know, they talk about priority free agents, right? Like the, the priority UDFAs, there's, they usually have four, five, six teams interested, and there's a little tiny bid. So the Niners avoided it. Yeah, it's Got like it a little more of a kicker than if you get drafted, right? I, I don't I don't know if teams were looking at Brock Purdy as someone they were going to bid on after the draft, but maybe they were. Anyway. Anyway. So they were never expecting that. Um, sorry went later today. I'm still trying to figure out my Wednesday. I think what I'm going to do is have Rob at 9 and you at 10, unless you want to sleep in. I was thinking you might want to sleep in because you like stay up till 4 in the morning. I see you tweeting. <laughs> what do you mean you see me tweeting? <laughs> I see you tweeting. That's on the weekends. No, I think we're going to do 9 and 10. Uh, because That'll work because during the season, I got to get down to Santa Clara. So we'll be back in our regular time slot next week. Thanks for watching, everyone, and donating. And thanks for being here, Jose. You look terrific. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.